everybody, and welcome to the second episode of 20 Survival Guide. So this episode we are going to be focusing on the Black Lives Matter movement and truly refocusing it from a moment to a movement. That's really what I want to talk about in this episode. So let's get into it. Um, I want to talk about how a lot of people are focusing on George Floyd, and I think it is very important, but I also think that he was a catalyst for a movement that was a long time coming, and because this isn't the only person, and he's not the first person, and we know this. It's been happening every day before him. I can name countless people, and even since the movement has begun, so many black lives have still been taken, such as David McAtee. He was a business owner who... Um, was serving food to protesters and police officers and he was killed by a cop and there's still no justice served so honestly this that's one of the main reasons why we have to focus this well refocus it from a moment to a movement because it can't just be about posting on instagram and twitter and harassing politicians for a while and posting a black square like that's not what this is about right this is truly about ending this once and for all because enough is truly enough so first I want to talk about the difference between rioters and looters. So looters, first of all, are not most of the time even rioters themselves. It could be police officers. I mean, we've seen videos of police officers breaking into buildings and smashing glass and everything. And it could be undercover cops. And most of them are also non-black people who just really want to get like a rise out of it like on an adrenaline high or something but that's really very wrong because at the end of the day the people that are called looters are people that are fighting for their lives in this black lives matter movement which isn't really good right because we can't just let them take the blame for something that they're not even doing they do want this to be a peaceful protest most people do and i think the tiny minority of people that are looting are really casting a shadow on this movement it should be about the black lives that are taken every day mass incarceration and the systemic oppression that black and brown people face every day so that's what i just wanted to talk about the difference between rioters and looters but i also i just want to talk about how so many people right now are starting to quote Martin Luther King and being like, oh, he would have never wanted these peaceful, or he would have never wanted, like, rioting and looting. He, It's all about peaceful protests. Like, like you guys have to stop doing all these riots. And honestly, for all the people talking about Martin Luther King, like, really, this is not the time to bring him up because most of his peaceful protests, quote-unquote peaceful protests, ended up with the same thing that's happening today where people are being peaceful but the cops are the people who are being violent, right? And it ended up in the same way. All of his protests still ended in the same way with violence, right? And he advocated for peace, but how can you force another group of people to be peaceful, right? Like you can't. And at the end of the day, like enough is enough. And until there's justice, there should not be peace. Because how can you ask these people who have been oppressed for centuries upon centuries to just be okay and to just be peaceful and nice about it like have they not tried enough times to be peaceful have they not put it into their artwork have they not put it into their writing into their podcasts have they not taken a one have they not taken a kneel during the national anthem no what happens right like they get 
blasted for it, they get fired, whatever happens. So nobody listens to them when they're peaceful. And what we can do right now is make a stance by marching. Whether people think that's peaceful or not is up to them, but at the end of the day, until there's justice, there shouldn't be peace, right? So that's something I also wanted to focus on. And I also wanted to focus on the fact that this has become a worldwide phenomenon and not just something in the U.S., right? Which just shows how much injustice is not only happening in the U.S., but around the world. For example, these protests have spread to Canada, where I live, to Vienna, Austria, to Japan, to London, Dublin, Australia, like wherever. It's spread all over the world, right? And I think it's because um, the black community is very much oppressed all over the world and especially in Canada it isn't just black people that we're fighting for yes it is the Black Lives Matter movement but we're also fighting for the indigenous people of Canada because our protest our very first protest was actually sparked because of Regis Korczynski Paquette because if you haven't heard about her she um, was a woman who lived in Toronto and it's said that the police, well, we don't know what happened because she was the only one in her room, um, but the police were very suspicious about it. They, She fell off her balcony, apparently, and they said that she committed suicide and told the CP24, which is like a news um, company in Canada, not to come to the scene of the crime and that it was a suicide, and they just ruled it as that. So it's a little suspicious in that way, and um, testimonies of the mother and the brother who were in the hallway of their apartment building but not inside the room at the time, According to their testimonies as well, it sounds as though the police have um, had pushed her off of her balcony. So there's currently an investigation going into that, and she's um, Afro-Indigenous, so really she takes on both minorities in Canada, right? And um, at this point, we're just asking even the Canadian police, because it's not like it's a thing that doesn't happen here. It 100% happens here all the time. It's just Canada's very good at sweeping things under the rug, so nobody ever hears about it. Like, she's not the only case, right? Um, I recently made a petition for a boy named DeAndre Campbell. He was 26 years old, and he was... Um, he called the police because he has schizophrenia, and he called the police to take him to the hospital. But when they got there, they shot him dead. And the police officer involved refuses to even speak to the police investigation branch of the police department. So no justice can be served. So I created a petition to get enough signatures to make sure that DeAndre Campbell gets justice because it's just not okay anymore. So, I mean, if you guys want to sign that, please go ahead. There's a link in my Instagram bio, um, or you can DM me, and I'll make sure to give you guys the link. Um, I'll also post about it, so you guys can for sure sign the petition there. So it's really a worldwide phenomenon, and the fact that so many people all over the world are, march are marching for it um, shows how the world is not only condemning racism, but calling on the United States to change their ways and not descend into corruption, because truly with their joke president right now, like bunker boy, right? Like he's hiding in a bunker right now. It's just a joke. Like he keeps adding fire. He keeps fighting fire with fire, right? Like this is the time where we really need to turn on the temperature and he's just never helping, like he's not helping at all. So I think people are also calling on the United States to change how they're reacting to this. Also, um, if you guys haven't seen it, there's a really, really great documentary on Netflix called 13th, and it's about the United States prison system. 
and it just shows how like how the united states like racism is woven into their system you know what i mean like systemic racism has never been so true than in the united states it really is so um it's a very great documentary if you guys want to watch it and one thing that i found super interesting was um van jones he's an american news commentator author activist he is part of the documentary like he speaks out in the documentary and he states how the brilliance of the black lives matter movement is that unlike the civil rights movement or the black panther party there is no one leader and there is no fixed address so the state literally cannot stop you like we are out in the streets but nobody really knows where to find us you know they can arrest us there but nobody can quelch the revolution, right? Like they can jail revolutionaries, but they can't jail a revolution. So he was saying that in that way, there's a hope. So I think it was really nice hearing it from him as well. Um, and coming from somebody so learned as himself, as Van Jones, I think it's very, it creates a kind of optimism to make you think, yeah, there is hope for this new generation and this new Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I want to talk about the difference between systemic racism and systematic racism because I really want to pinpoint like certain words and phrases that are very important and should be very important to activists, especially when it comes to racism, just understanding the differences, right? So systemic racism is a system itself, like the prison system, the education system, the medical system, etc. Those are the systems, right? They're institutions. So systemic racism is racism that comes out of those institutions themselves that are woven into those institutions. For example, in the U.S., slavery is still legal. It may sound crazy, but if you watch 13th on Netflix, you'll understand that it is legal because um, the 13th Amendment abolished slavery, apparently. However, there's a clause in the 13th Amendment that says, okay, slavery is illegal except for prison labor. So they didn't really abolish it. They just ended up incarcerating black and brown people in mass numbers and using and use them to do prison labor which is essentially slavery so it shows how slavery today in the u.s still exists and by doing this and heavily monetizing the prison system it creates systemic racism and oppression so that's an example of systemic racism however systematic racism is when people use the system to oppress people of color especially black people for example the police they're like the biggest example of it right they use weapons they're militarized and they use these weapons and they use force to oppress and kill black people in the u.s that's the difference between systemic and systematic racism so systemic is in the system itself and systematic is when people use the powers that are given to them by the system to do this so then let's talk about the difference between racism and racial prejudice because what a lot of people don't understand is that there's a huge difference between the two and a lot of people say oh like reverse racism exists let me tell you once and for all it does not exist at all and this is why because racism itself as stated earlier it is systemic oppression so the system itself is set up against people of color so there's a video going around on instagram explaining this systemic oppression in the u.s which 
begins with slavery, then segregation, then redlining areas, which leads to poverty, over-policing, etc. That is racism, where the system itself is against you. However, racial prejudice is like making fun of a white person or feeling prejudice towards white people. That's prejudice. However, they can never be racially oppressed and can never experience racism because the system is, is catered towards white people and thus systemic oppression can never occur to them. Like, of course, they can be bullied in school. I totally understand that and I get that that's really hard. But to say that's reverse racism is false because at the end of the day, you can graduate from that school you know, like what I, you know what I mean? Like you can graduate and move on to a world that isn't constantly putting you in chains and dragging you down, you know? So that's the difference between racism and racial prejudice. So now I just want to talk because I'm Canadian and I want to talk about the racist past and present of Canada because nobody ever talks about it. It is so hush hush, like not a single word is said. So the racist past of Canada Canada obviously built on indigenous people's land and residential schools were a huge part of the systemic racism and oppression of indigenous people. So residential schools were used to remove indigenous people, well children, ages like 5 to 16, from their homes and assimilate them into western culture. And these schools tortured the children, physically and sexually abused the children and tried to erase their entire culture. There was a phrase I used to learn in school where people said that the main, like the aim of these schools was to quote unquote, take the Indian out of the boy. So they really wanted to remove any aspect of their culture, religion, etc. from this person, when these aspects are removed from them, they still look indigenous and people are still going to be racist towards them and they are still sent back to reserves where their parents live and now they go back as strangers. They have no idea how to speak their own language, they have no idea what their religion and cultural practices are. They are foreigners and they are displaced pretty much so that's what residential schools did and um i saw this really harrowing statistic that one out of 25 children in residential schools would die in residential schools because of the horrible treatment so you have to think about that too right and all of these things lead to generational trauma um alcoholism um narcotics abuse um violence right in their own communities and it goes on and on and on considering the very last residential school actually closed in 1996 which wasn't even that long ago right so the racism in our system remains steady like not not much has actually changed so since the beginning of canada till today indigenous women are also going missing and murdered at stark numbers every year so um we actually had this commission in 2015 i think called the missing and murdered indigenous women and it was a commission to you know keep statistics on them and to make sure that like at least we're keeping track of them so because most of the time people don't even know that these people are going missing because nobody talks about it in canada right so people are still going missing in large numbers especially women and yeah so the rcmp was first created to control indigenous people and it continues to have a long history of murdering indigenous people and sexually assaulting indigenous women and girls and if you haven't heard of the starlight tours make sure you look them up because um essentially the rcmp which is the royal canadian mounted police they are part of the federal jurisdiction they're not like 
like provincial police, but they, you know, work in the territories and stuff. Um, the RCMP, they used to take indigenous people like, in the middle of the night, blindfold them, kidnap them, and leave them at the edges of towns. And like Canada is huge, so towns are really small, especially up north, and they would leave them outside in minus 40 degree weather to die. And these things still happen today, right? But nobody ever speaks about them. And in 1964, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip actually kidnapped 10 indigenous children from a residential school while they were on a picnic, and those children never returned, like they were kidnapped. And after nearly a year of litigation, the Queen and Prince Philip were found guilty. But of course, like nothing happens, right? There's no justice served, just because you say, oh, okay, they're guilty, okay, now what's going to happen? Are they going to spend a minute in jail? No. Are they going to do a single thing to bring these children back? Like maybe they're already dead right? Like nobody knows. So it's really horrible because these things have happened and no one knows about them, right? So the racist present of Canada is also very clear. Um, we have a newspaper here called the National Post and Rex Murphy, he's one of the writers for the National Post, he says that racism doesn't exist in Canada. However, I mean, this is a white man talking about how racism doesn't exist in Canada, so if you had a single person of color as a friend, maybe he would even know, like at least speak to a person of color before writing such an ignorant article, right? Because it's really just a joke, like the like indigenous women make up four, no, indigenous people make up 4% of the population, and indigenous women make up 16% of the missing persons list. So explain that to me, right? Like if racism doesn't exist, that doesn't make any sense. So not only this ignorance, this willful ignorance that is present in Canada, but also, and this superiority, right? People think, oh, we're so much better than the US. Like, okay, we're not, actually, no, we are killing people in the streets every day just for their skin color, just people don't know about it, right? Nobody ever talks about it, that's the thing. And so the death of Regis Korczynski packet, I think, really opened people up. And it's so insane to me that DeAndre Campbell, the 26-year-old man who was shot dead, was shot dead in April this year april of this year and i don't even remember reading about it and i read the news like i constantly read the news it's just i never read about him because nobody ever writes about these kinds of things you know we like to act like we're better than the u.s that this stuff doesn't happen here but it does and it needs to be talked about so it's really upsetting to me that like Regis korchinski packet had to be the one to open this up this has been happening for so long and has happened this year so many times too so anyway i also I wanted to talk about the fact that so many there are so many others that we will never know who have either gone missing or are dead because the Canadian government is so great at sweeping things under the rug. And I think it's just it's just a sad thing to even come to understand because like how can justice be served if we don't even know their names, right? And I think that's like a really upsetting part. But that's pretty much the um, racist present of Canada. I mean, just last Thursday, Chantal Moore, an indigenous woman living in New Brunswick, was shot and killed by a police officer because he did like one of those check-ins where they just walk into your house to check in on you and they shot her dead. She was 26, right? She's an indigenous woman. So Canada has a history and a present of racism that our prime minister refuses to address. I mean, a reporter the other day asked him, um, like, what do you think about what's happening in the U.S. and President Trump, everything? He paused for 21 seconds without saying anything. 
like, you know what I mean? He just does not want to speak about it, but he has to forever to address what's happening right now. So, honestly, I also want to talk about my own perspective as a woman of color, because being a woman of color, like, I'm Sri Lankan. Um, I was born in Sri Lanka, so being a woman of color is already hard enough, and I couldn't even imagine what it's like to be living as one of my black or indigenous sisters, because truly I am privileged being brown, because we don't face the overt racism that people, that my black and indigenous sisters face today. We for sure face covert racism, but never to the extent that they do. And since the death of George Floyd has sparked a revolution, especially on social media, I've been posting resources and links everywhere, and I've had so many hate DMs, I can't even count. Like, so many accounts, so many people being like, take this down, like, or telling me that the, that the protests are never going to work because people don't respect them because they're eluding, whatever. I've been getting so many hate DMs and seeing so many of my friends not speak up. And I think that's the most upsetting part, to see that these people won't speak up like it's not a political stance right it's a human rights issue what are you not speaking up for you know so it really doesn't make any sense to me and i think it's very easy for society to dismiss a woman and even more a woman of color i think we're at the very end of that spectrum you know and i believe that every woman of color um represents to a white patriarchal society the epitome of what they cannot understand right we are an alien figure which they cannot make sense of but i believe that women of color truly have the power to change the world because they are honestly scared of you you know so i think that's something like yes we will be silenced and in boardrooms and oppressed but for example there's aoc alexandra ocasio cortez Ilhan Omar, Kamala Harris, you know, all these different, Michelle Obama, like all these different women of color who, to the white man, they're like, like, it's just the total opposite of who they are and somebody that they cannot understand, right? And these women, they, they are so powerful, right? So I think like, as if you're a woman of color yourself, like, trust me, you can do amazing things. And these are the women that like, I look up to because I can relate to, relate to them, right? And I know that I want to do something similar to what they're doing. So anyway, I also know that as a non-black POC, I have the duty to stand in solidarity with my black brothers and sisters because it is truly a fight that we all must fight together. Like non-black POCs would have no rights or freedoms if not for the hard work and dedication of black groups and leaders who paved the path for us today, especially in the Western world. And I think that is one of the biggest reasons why it's so important to stand up for them, right? Because they're not some alien group. They too are, are a person of color. Like, how can you just sit back? Because there's so much racism that runs rampant in our communities, and we cannot sit back and just let black people take the hit for things like this when they've paved the path for us to even come to countries such as the US or Canada or wherever, right? So I also want to talk about what we can do as Gen Z. So I think as a non-black person of color, one of the biggest things you can do is not only stand in solidarity, but by speaking up at home with racist family members, since we know how colorism and anti-black racism runs rampant in our communities, because it truly, truly does. Colorism is one of the biggest issues, especially in South Asia and East Asia, and we have to speak up against it. And also, 
educate yourself like i'm currently reading malcolm x's autobiography and it is so enlightening i've watched the 13th documentary and i'm planning on watching and reading so many more things to educate myself and you know donate if you can if you can't donate um there's so many people on youtube that have like videos where the ad revenue just goes to black lives matter organizations so you can literally just watch a video put it on mute while you're doing something else and you're already doing your part you know what i mean and march go out there and march because there is strength in numbers they cannot ignore you when there is so many people out there you know what i mean and it's the same thing for white people like if you're white stand in solidarity and not only that use your privilege to speak up for the black community and put that pedestal that society gives you to good use because society gives you this privilege they give you this pedestal to say hey you talk about racism we'll listen to you no we won't listen to people of color we'll listen to you right so use that privilege use that pedestal to stand up for other people and again educate yourself donate march do what you need to do because again strength in numbers is so important right and honestly i think for both of these people for non-black poc and for white people understanding your own racial biases is also really important because it does begin from within like we have been conditioned a certain way through our families our societies our friends whatever to have certain racial biases and you need to admit that find what those racial biases are and fix it you know what i mean you have to and it's not something you can just fix in a minute you have to spend the rest of your life fixing them and being aware of them right and i think that's truly the most important thing that we can do to help the black community right now and because racism can manifest itself not just as an overt hate right it can manifest itself as access ignorance apathy and this way to change this whole covert racism is through self-education and self-accountability and some movies and tv shows that i would recommend are 13th on netflix boys in the hood is also on netflix uh straight out of compton i don't think it's on anything right now i've checked it was just like on google play movies or something if you have the dvd watch it i'm gonna try and find it on some illegal site and um dear white people is on netflix it's a great show um if beale street could talk is on prime video it's also really good and there's so many many more if you guys have any please let me know dm me let me know and some books um the autobiography of malcolm x how to be anti-racist by ibram x kendi white fragility by robin d'angelo and so many many more um there's so many threads on instagram and twitter with these books and um, movies and tv shows and i'll make sure to post them on my instagram so you guys can see them and some podcasts that i also really enjoy are about race with rennie edel lodge rennie edel lodge also wrote a book called why i don't speak to white people about race that is also a really great book that you guys should read i'm also trying to find it somewhere and read it um we live here is also a really good podcast come through with rebecca carroll and so many more um and yeah when it comes to donating and petitions if you can donate please do to bail funds black lives matter organizations gofundmes for the families and victims and many more and as i mentioned there are youtubers who make our lives so much easier by posting videos in which all the ad revenue will go to blm organizations and bail funds such as zoe amira um selena trevino revive music and many more all their videos you just click on it turn off your ad blocker 
and let the ads run and just honestly if you want to watch netflix or something mute that video go watch netflix just make sure that you're not constantly watching the same video over and over because then they'll think you're a bot so watch random videos in between you know what i mean and um sign petitions to get those who have murdered black men and women into jail not just to get them into jail but to sign petitions to help the families of the victims and to pass laws that will slowly begin to fix the system such as banning no-knock warrants um the law which led to the murder of brianna taylor banning the stand your ground law that allowed george zimmerman the killer of trayvon martin to walk free etc because these laws are still legal in a bunch of different states so please sign these petitions to make sure that that they're illegal to murder innocent black men and women and also make sure you march like i spoke about this before obviously if your parents aren't allowing you to do so or if you have health conditions or something else that's prohibiting you from marching of course that is fine don't feel guilty about it right but if you can march do so as i mentioned before there is so much strength in numbers and it's showing as gen z we may be scared of spiders but we're not scared of it creating a whole damn revolution so go into the streets and march in solidarity and show our lawmakers our politicians the police and the rest of the world that enough is enough and that there will be no peace until there is justice because that's that's fair right so anyway i just want to conclude this episode by thanking you guys for listening truly i appreciate it and change does not happen overnight but we have to we have to continue what we're doing to create change because so many things have already changed the brianna law has been passed right so no knock warrants in that state um so many different things have happened i mean we've gotten george floyd's murderers into prison um and we are creating a change but this cannot be a moment of instagram posts tweets black squares of solidarity or writing black lives matter on a piece of cardboard and marching one time no this has to create real change and we will do that because right now our black community is truly asking for us to be there for them they have done so much for lgbtq rights for um for many other people of color paving the way for us to do better and we have to be there for them so our next episode will be on a lighter topic but in every episode i will reserve a small segment in the beginning to speak on what we've accomplished so far and other news regarding the black lives matter movement so i'm holding myself accountable for making this a movement and i hope you guys can join me in doing so and yeah so i'll be posting a lot of stuff on my instagram um any like tips um, to turn this into a movement and to refocus it from a moment right because that's the whole point of this episode so i'll be posting tips and tricks on how to do that on my instagram so please look out for that and i hope you guys have a great rest of your day and tune in next friday for another episode have a great day guys